Welcome to Zebra's Popcast, short, inspiring, and informational segments pulled from our weekly furniture refinishing podcast, Zebra's Before and After. Today's Popcast features a clip from Season 2, Episode 5. We spoke with Sarah Bolton with Sitting Pretty Home Decor on how do you handle custom work. Enjoy. What would you say your percentage of custom work is in relation to your total refinishing business? Anymore, it's probably 75 to 80% of it. Wow, that is really high. I wouldn't have imagined that uh, that you did that much commission work. That's great. Yeah, it's. I try to... I try to keep a good balance because most of my creativity is through the pieces I do on my own to sell, but I get so many requests and it's, I, I have a hard time telling people no. <laughs> well, now you just moved from Kentucky to Indiana. Has it been difficult establishing a new customer base? Not really. The majority of my customers were in a particular part of Louisville, which was about 40 minutes on the other side of Louisville and Kentucky where we were and we moved to Indiana and we're about 40 minutes from <laughs> the customer base in Kentucky so we really were kind of in the same you know position location wise as we were just kind of on the other side okay I see yeah that makes sense well, now, do your clients seek you out or do you advertise? I don't advertise. Most of it's word of mouth. My my hairdresser and I were talking about furniture and she, she recommended you. Or my cousin's husband said that she, um, his friend knows that you do furniture. I mean, it's, it's amazing how it spreads. And I love finding out from people how they found a me. It's, it's pretty interesting. Well, when a client contacts you, do you meet with them or is most of the process handled via phone and internet? Almost all of it's over the internet. There've only been a few occasions where someone's been very persistent about me coming and seeing their space because I do dabble a little bit in, in home decor and design. And I actually started to go to school for interior design um, a few years ago, but I realized doing that with furniture and four children at the time was too much. But sometimes someone wants me to come see <laughs> their, their space is <laughs> <it's> a lot. <laughs> um, I'm, an overachie <laughs> I'm an overachiever. <laughs> but they'll want me to see their space and their colors and help them fine tune, you know. But for the most part, just for the sake of my own time, I try to keep it on the internet. If you would, Sarah, tell us about the quoting process. Do you sit down and estimate your total time, figure paint costs, etc.? What does that look like when you go through the process of figuring prices? Well, I, I do not. I keep track of time at all. And it's what works for me. But I honestly have no idea how long I spend on a piece. And I may do better one day figuring that out and calculating it and putting it <laughs> a price with, you know, an hour. But for me, I, the first thing I do is ask them to send me a, a picture of the piece and multiple pictures if possible. Um, and I always get measurements because I've gone to pick up a piece or had a piece brought to me and it's way bigger than I thought it was. So it's important to get measurements. Mm -hmm. And then I usually, if you're doing custom work, you've probably painted and sold enough furniture that you have an idea of what you would sell a piece like that for. And I think that's a good starting point. I do add more for certain things, um, stained tops, um, white. I always increase the price a little bit for white because white's 
more materials, it's harder to achieve, you know, distressing, glazing, lining the drawers. Are we doing new hardware? Are we keeping the old hardware? Get as many details as you can. And like I said, a good starting point is what you would sell that piece for, but you have to factor in the time that you're going to spend consulting with them. Um, so my custom prices are always a little bit more than what it would be if I were to sell it, you know, myself. Well, th that was going to be my next question is, do you leave room to negotiate with the client or is your price pretty fixed and you provide the price and they either say, yes, let's move forward or uh, that's more than I expected to pay. And that maybe ends the process of them hiring you to do a piece. If they say that's more than I was willing to spend, I will say, well, what were you thinking? And then I can try to work with them on, you know, well, if we keep the hardware instead of new, or if we don't do any distressing, I try to sort of keep my price firm and maybe take off mm -hmm. some things that they were wanting to fit you know, in the price range that they want to be in. Well, do you require payment up front or full amount or just a deposit? How does that work? I do 50%. So, and the other thing I always ask, we offer pickup and delivery. So I always find out where they're located so I can plug it into my GPS, find out how far away it is. That way I can factor that into the quote. So if we go pick it up or if they bring it to us, um, either way I require 50% down at that time and then the remainder when it's in their possession. Well, what about time? Do most clients provide you with a deadline or are you pretty set on controlling the turnaround time on your end? In the years I've been doing this, I have had one customer who needed something done by a certain time and it was for, I, I take that back, It was there was two and they were both for babies. Um, one was a grandmother and it was gonna be a shower gift and then another one was for a nursery, um, but otherwise, I, I usually set the time and and people are always say oh no rush you know whenever you get to it um but you know i try to keep a, a quick turnaround because it's exciting for them do clients ask for updates on the process or is it open and shut meaning once you start they don't see it until the end i have to be careful sometimes i feel like i'm obnoxious because i'm constantly sending like every day i'm like Look, I sanded it. Look, I cleaned it. But I think, <laughs> I really think they like it. And I always ask them, I always tell them too that they can follow me on Instagram because I, I, I do so many stories. And I think they really do like seeing the process from beginning to end. Not only, you know, watching the transformation, but seeing that I'm thorough and I'm doing more than just painting it. Well, with your experience now, which is quite a bit based on your percentage of commission work, what tips would you give someone who is considering commission work? I, I think the biggest thing I would tell anybody is to be choosy. Don't take every single thing that comes your way. Um, it's easy to do that in the beginning because you're just so excited that someone wants you to paint their piece, but make sure that it's not going to take all of the fun out of it for you. If it's a piece that doesn't really get you excited um, or something you're interested in doing, if you if you keep doing those back to back, you will burn out very quickly. That's excellent advice. And you mentioned this too earlier, but uh, you know the idea that you don't have the kind of creative flow and creative abilities when you're doing a commission piece a lot of times, but you still need to be creative. So is there any tips on maintaining your creative flow when you're working on commission pieces? It's hard. I mean, if there's certain aspects of it that you enjoy more than others, um, like new hardware or lining drawers, you know, by offering that to your customer, I'm doing two pieces right now for someone and 
I'm doing drawer liners in them. And I don't get a lot of that with my custom work. And so I'm really, really excited about these pieces because I get to line the drawers with fun, pretty papers that I get to pick out. So if you can f find um, creative things to offer your customer that you enjoy doing it, you know, it helps helps keep it fun. Well, that makes sense. And that's that's actually a really good tip. You know, I guess it's different from from customer to customer. Some people probably have exactly what they want and they don't want to deviate from it. At least you're, you're able to kind of keep the creative juices flowing by throwing out ideas to them as you go through the process. And I don't know, I, th I would think, like you said earlier, giving them updates I would, for them to follow you on your Instagram account is a great idea as well, because that shows, number one, that the, their piece is being worked on. And number two, it's fun for them as well to see the process, because I don't think people who aren't heavily involved in furniture refinishing realize the amount of work that goes into each piece. Uh, we've talked about this often, you know, all the different stages that are involved. So those are really good tips. You know, are there some commission pieces that you have refused to do specifically? Yes. If there's a large amount of restaining, um, I just don't like doing that. Um, it's so tedious. It's so, I enjoy painting. If it's really more than like a stained top, um, I say no to that. Dining sets anymore, the, those just, they, they suck all the fun out of it for me. <laughs> I just, um, <laughs> like, yeah. nope. But it's nice when you have a community locally where you have other refinishers because you can say, hey, I have this this friend um, that will do be more than happy to do your dining set. But yeah, things that just aren't super fun for me um, or just more work than they're going to be worth the cost to the customer, I tend to just say no. Well, I know this has been really helpful for many refinishers who are interested in doing commission work, but just aren't sure the best way to go about the process. Sarah, provide your contact info for those that would like to reach out to you. They may have some more questions along these lines that they would like to ask you. Yes, and I am an open book, so I love any and all questions. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram under sitting pretty home decor well thanks sarah for taking the time to join us today your expertise on the subject was very much appreciated yeah thanks so much for having me it was a lot of fun thanks for listening to the zebra podcast we hope you tune in next wednesday to listen to the zebra before and after podcast as we feature our july retailer of the month and our july featured artist until next time happy refinishing